0: The views, ideas, and content of WellSeekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on WellSeekers.
1: Hi, and welcome to WellSeekers. I'm Lucia, and I am here with my podcast producer, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. How are you today? I'm
2: so excited to be here.
1: Are you ready to get more well?
2: Uh, yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're you're already very well. You are.
2: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I
1: was going to say you're in great shape.
2: (laughs) It would be concerning if you went the other way with that. Like, you know.
1: So, today we're talking about yoga and how it's not for everybody. What does that mean? For me, I know in my own personal experience, I went to yoga when I had a lot of issues with anxiety because I was told it was supposed to be really helpful for anxiety. And it turns out there were many of times I either um, struggled to make it through the class or had so much anxiety while I was in the class that I literally left and had a panic attack. So a lot of that though, and now further on in my professional studies, I learned in reading a lot of these articles and research studies that yoga, is not for everybody. And it's not just anxiety and depression. It's also if you have back problems or knee problems, it can really exacerbate some of those things. There is a book, it's called The Science of Yoga by William Broad. And I was just reading a little bit about that book. And there was an article in the New York Times a few years ago about it. And it talked a lot about how, of course, there are things like headstands, shoulder stands, that can cause some real problems with the neck and even lead to strokes. So, that's more of the physical stuff. But they also talked about how there are certain types of yoga that if you are someone who suffers from anxiety, you shouldn't necessarily do. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I used to just look at the schedule and I was like, okay, I have nine o'clock, bingo, I'm gonna do the nine o'clock class. But I never really looked to see that there's different styles um, and different ways to practice that some people shouldn't be doing. And do you even know what type of yoga you're practicing or what it is? It all can be really overwhelming, which leads to the last thing in this article that we'll talk about later. But uh, a lot of people don't do yoga because it's so overwhelming.
2: It's really intimidating. There's hot yoga. And is that Bikram yoga? That's Bikram. There are so many different types out there.
1: Yeah. So... Everything we do here at Well Seekers and on the show is about making things simple and accessible so you can actually go out there and do them, not just read about them in a magazine, which used to be my MO, <laughs> a lot of things. Uh, so Jen Thompson, she is a holistic body worker. She's certified as a yoga teacher for 11 years. And I've, I've done classes with her. She is amazing. She lives in Costa Rica. <laughs> she just <I'm> was <laughs> like, I'm out of here. I'm going to another country. She's great, and she's going to join us next right here on WellSeekers.
0: You're listening to WellSeekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. We're already friends, so let's make it official. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WellSeekers.
1: Welcome back to Well Seekers. We are joined now by Jen Thompson from Costa Rica, first of all. I feel like we need to note that. Um, and Jen is a holistic body worker, also certified in yoga for 11 years. I was saying, Jen, I was telling everyone that I've taken yoga with you, and you're amazing. Jen, welcome to Well Seekers.
3: Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here. I'm thrilled. I wish you could all be here with me. In this beautiful, amazing setting that I'm in right now,
1: <laughs> I should also say that Jen is just an incredible person and definitely a well seeker as well. Just looking to be her best, form better relationship with herself and with everyone around her. So you really embody everything that there is, and everything that we try to do here on Well Seekers. So we're very excited to have you. And we were talking. Oh, you're welcome, Jen. Um, we were talking about yoga which is why you're on, because you know so much about yoga and how there was a book about the science of yoga and how certain yoga is not good for everybody. So yoga actually isn't necessarily for everybody. And a lot of the reasons why people stay out and don't practice yoga, there was a um, Harvard actually put out an article about a study that they did about why people don't practice. And it's really because they think of it as exclusive and confusing. So We're here to have you break it down for us. What are the major styles of yoga that you're going to see? And if you have certain mental or physical health conditions, what ones should you go to or should you stay away from? So can you enlighten us, Jen? (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Overall, the most popular ones that you see at studios are vinyasa flow, ashtanga, power yoga, bikram. And then um, there's also restorative classes that either stay restorative or you might have heard of yin yoga or even yoga nidra. So
1: can you walk us through, because even having done yoga probably since like 1999, I don't really know if someone was like, Oh, do you do viny- vinyasana or do you do, I'm like, I go to the 9am class and sometimes it's good. And sometimes I leave with a panic attack. Like
3: <laughs> I have a mat. Yeah.
2: Does that count? Um,
3: Well, so probably you're doing some kind of vinyasa flow um, with sun salutations. And generally in those kind of classes, they'll have uh, breath with each movement. They tend to move pretty quickly through all the poses, um, holding some poses to um, increase strength and flexibility. Um, But mostly you're going to find a vinyasa flow because nowadays teachers are, are trying to create new... Um, versions of basically the same poses that have been going on for ever.
1: So vinyasa flow is exactly that. It's a lot of flowing and moving through different movements at a faster pace.
3: Exactly, yep. And ashtanga is really similar, although it's the same every single time. And oftentimes the teacher won't do the class with you or won't model the class for you. So the teacher will just go around and adjust you. And it's always the same. And Bikram is the same way. It's, it's always the same class. Power yoga is really there for a really good physical workout along with the breathing and the poses and the flexibility.
1: You just solved one of my biggest questions. I was like, I never knew because sometimes in class the teacher would do it. Sometimes in class it was the same routine. It's because I was going to a different type of yoga. That's why. <laughs> that's that's why. So Jen, we had someone on named Swami who is also one of our experts who you'll meet and he walked us through Breath of Fire.
3: Oh, awesome.
1: That is on WellSeekers. So I'll put a link in this podcast so you guys can check out Breath of Fire. Tell us though, Jen, with those different types, what mental or physical ailments or conditions should stay away or practice those bigger types of yoga that you'll see in studio?
3: So some of the the drawbacks, to a a lot of the general vinyasa flow classes or ashtanga, or power or brissom is the way that you put attention to your breath so improper breathing can really add stress to the class and actually stimulate your sympathetic nervous system which is the system for fight or flight which is exactly what you don't want (laughs) you want to relax right that's what yoga is mostly about plus some strengthening and flexibility the whole point that I think is to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. So basically, um, if you're super energized and you're ready to go and you're feeling happy, any of those really energetic classes are great for you. But if you have an anxiety problem or certain types of trauma, then classes can actually stimulate your stress response or stimulate memories from traumas. So for instance, if you do shoulder stands, Um, it puts a ton of pressure on the front of your neck. And if you have any kind of trauma related to that, um, then that can be really uncomfortable. And so I recommend not doing it.
1: And Jen, before you were on, I was just talking a little bit about my experience, but that is what happened to me because I have an extensive trauma background. I was in yoga and it wasn't even, I don't even think it was a shoulder stand. It was just, but it was certain postures where I literally went into a panic attack and I was like well I'm never doing this again I thought this was supposed to be good for me Um, and that and then I heard there's that yoga is not good for people with specific trauma backgrounds and is that is there sort of categories for that or is there something that you would say if you have this you would stay away from that or is it more individual specific based on whatever their trauma is
3: I think one of the most important parts of a yoga class is finding a teacher that you really like and you trust. I also have a history of some trauma and I've personally spoken with some teachers and just said, hey, you know, sometimes I might cry during your class or sometimes don't take it personally, but I'm I'm not going to do some of the things that you recommend doing or I may just need to lay down and take a break. And I've had some teachers say, no, that's completely unacceptable. You cannot do that. I had one teacher one time almost kicked me out of class. And then then, uh, other teachers have been so wonderful and created a really nurturing environment for everybody, including me, in the class. So if you have any kind of trauma background, I think it's really important to find a teacher that you really like and a gentler class because the ones that are moving fast tend to be more popular, more crowded. You tend to have your eyes open instead of closed. And so something that will help you get in touch with yourself and with your heart and allow yourself to go through that emotion in a safe environment. And actually crying after a little while, after the, the tears are stimulated in your tear duct, it actually helps you out and stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system as well. So so once you get through the initial tears, it can actually be really deeply healing as long as you're either in a private class or with a really good teacher. And I've also had knee injuries and hip injuries by doing things with improper posture. So there's a lot of physical and emotional um, and mental limitations um, that's very individual for each person. And so it's really important to find the right class for you. So if you have any kind of anxiety disorder, I definitely recommend starting with a restorative yoga class because those... Um, are based on breathing and slow movements or long held slow movements with your eyes closed typically and are scientifically proven to relax the body by activating the relaxation response which is essentially just a parasympathetic nervous system.
1: Awesome so if you so what I'm getting if you have some sort of um, more mental health based condition whether it's sounds like anxiety, to stay away from, or trauma, to stay away from the faster moving ones and to go to slower moving classes. But the most important thing is to find a teacher that you trust and that you can talk to before. I think that's so beautiful. I never thought, let me talk to my yoga teacher and tell them you know, I struggle with anxiety or I struggle with this and just want to make you aware in case I stop because I always think like I need to do this pose better than the person next to me and like be the best person in this class. I'm all about competitive yoga.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, that's another problem that um, if you have body image issues or whatever, it's so easy to compare yourself to the next person over in the class. In fact, I never, ever thought that I would become a yoga teacher. I just never thought that I would become a yoga teacher until I started um, making personal relationships with some of my yoga teachers to kind of really show me what yoga is really all about and help me develop my own relationship with my own yoga practice. Invited me to do the things that were right for my body and my heart as opposed to just following along with everything that they're doing.
1: First of all, that's beautiful. What about, Jen, if you have physical... Conditions Because I know I have a, a knee issue and a back issue and a lot of other yeah. issues <laughs> with my body. That
3: can be really serious. I actually have a friend who did a headstand for the first time for about a minute and a half in in a, at the end of a class and then had to go for emergency surgery for two herniated discs.
1: That's so funny. They were talking about in this New York Times article that I... I don't want to scare people, but that strokes are also a side effect sometimes.
3: I've read that too. Oh, wow. I, that's new to me. I actually had no idea. Wow. Yeah. But I don't doubt it. I don't ever do headstands. You're actually supposed to be a little bit off your head and, and using your shoulder blades and stuff, but it's too easy to mess it up ever so slightly and then end up with a serious injury.
1: What are some of the, the rewards of yoga? I feel like now I'm more terrified to go into a class than I was. <laughs> I was before we started this podcast.
3: Can you talk about yoga now and go running? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, man. The benefits of yoga go really, really deep and basically as deep as you want to go, because essentially what yoga is all about is a form of enlightenment called Samadhi.
1: Honestly, I just have to say. That is the first time I've ever heard that word, and I have practiced yoga consistently for such a long time. I, li- if you asked me what yoga was, I would say it's to get in shape in a really crowded no! yeah, Saturday morning class. <laughs> that's
2: yeah. I want to be really flexible. I want to
1: be flexible because that's a try. <laughs> I want to like I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna, i I want to
2: have a hot yoga body. I do. Yeah.
1: No. Totally. You. You. It is sold. It is sold culturally as a hot yoga body. You're totally right, Kelly. Yeah. Like that is what it is. It's a way to get in shape. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is such an opportunity to view it with a different lens and to let go of why you think you're going to yoga and to form a new relationship with yoga and what it actually is. So can you just tell us that word again? Because I totally blanked out. when. Yeah, me too. It. It's samadhi. Um,
3: it's, it's basically the, the yoga form of enlightenment.
1: And what does that entail? What is yoga enlightenment? So
3: it's basically where the environment around you and, um, and the inside of you, the boundaries kind of dissolve and you feel one with everything and a profound sense of love and awe. You just have nothing but self-compassion and compassion for others. I I don't think it's a steady state, I think idealistically it's a steady state that you enter into and then the rest of your life is smooth sailing kind of thing, but um, I think it's realistically something that people kind of go in and out of. I hear a lot of people say, I'm so blissed out from my yoga class, and I think that they're getting to a state that's closer to the state of enlightenment that that really yoga is trying to reach. And actually, that was why I decided I really wanted to become a yoga teacher, was because um, I had a teacher that said, that would always say, hey, maybe today will be the day that you get to enlightenment. <laughs> and is a great day to, be, to get to, to reach enlightenment, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Today's the day. <laughs> Jen, what are some of the physical, because I know we, you know we just touched upon it a little, but people do think of the physical gains in yoga what are the more realistic physical gains that we should be trying to obtain through yoga other than hot yoga bod which is was on the list i mean i think it's on everyone's list right.
3: (laughs) right um well uh some of the other benefits of yoga are definitely having a better sense and connection between your mind and your body. And so the mind-body connection term is used over and over and over again, but what exactly does that mean? That means that when there's something not right going on inside of your body, you're able to distinguish it pretty quickly and know what to do with it. Yoga is is based on like the yoke, so reigning in the mind and the body in order to open up the spirit, right? So if any little thing is happening inside of your body, you become aware of it and you become aware of what it's actually trying to tell you. So maybe it's telling you that you have some more emotional stuff that you need to heal or maybe it's telling you that you really need to go to a physical therapist, whatever it might be. Um, You become so much more aware of everything that's happening inside of your body. Practicing yoga regularly intuitively encourages the process of thinking in your body and um, being able to hear what it's saying to you.
1: What I'm hearing you say really, and what I extracted out of this conversation, which is actually not even what I thought I was going to get out of the conversation was that yoga does have a, a lot of beneficial Body work that we may see, muscle. I mean, you didn't even touch upon this, but muscle tone and different things that we hear about more culturally here, right? That there are some side effects from yoga that will physically change your body. But the main point in doing yoga is to not get that crazy workout. It is not to sweat the most. It is not to compete with your neighbor. It's not to be the most flexible. It's really to tap in to that mind-body-spirit connection so that you're more present in your body when you leave the yoga room. And that's truly the goal of yoga.
3: Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is that flexibility can be overrated. For me, when I started out yoga, it was super easy for me because I was flexible because I did gymnastics when I was a kid. If you're not working with a teacher that really knows some, a lot about kinesiology, basically, body movements and muscles and the way that they work together and proper posture, then you can overstretch yourself really a lot. So all the muscles around your, around your hips and even some of your ligaments and tendons around your hips can open up too much to where, like you really need to have a balance between flexibility and strength. Oh, so see, Kelly? you can be overly flexible, but do a beautiful looking yoga class, but then still have hip pain or knee pain or problems in life because you've like overstretched tendons and ligaments and stuff. The other thing is everybody's skeleton is built differently. Like if you look at your wrist, if you outstretch your arm and you lift your palm so that your middle finger is pointed towards the ceiling and you see the angle that that makes, if you're constantly doing a vinyasa flow that goes from plank to push-up to up dog, down dog, then you can really easily overstretch the tendons in your wrist.
1: Like tendonitis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jen, we'll definitely have to have you come back to talk more about your experience diving into yoga and why you do yoga and talking a little bit more about the technique that you said you actually developed. I also want to ask you about some of your favorite tools. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a short video to put on to this podcast where you can talk about some of the tools that you have helped you with yoga. Cause sometimes I go to yoga. I'm like, what are these blocks and straps? And they must be a weakness if I have to use them. I think that
2: too about the blocks,
1: (laughs) but I think that I'm wrong based on this conversation. I just realized that I'm
2: like completely missing the point of yoga.
1: That's what I got from this conversation is that culturally we've made. And now what I'm thinking in my head is it's probably due to money we've made it a for-profit $20 a class type of yoga that will help you lose weight instead of what yoga really is, which is a beautiful opportunity to get to know yourself better.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's crazy that, uh, that how industrialized yoga has become and how much pressure there is for everybody to do yoga and for everybody to be flexible. And even within yoga, this this really intensely purist mentality where it's almost like resisting anything negative. But the truth is, is that life is filled with both and it's about how you deal with it. And so, and you look like a bad yogi if you, you're crying all over the place when really you're actually doing really well because you're dealing with your feelings, you know?
1: I love that. Jen, I have to ask you, cause I've practiced, I've lived a bunch of places and the best place I ever practiced was at Brian Kessler's studio in Santa Monica, California, and he did donation yoga. And it was the only, now that we're talking, it's the only place that I ever felt what you're feeling. People sort of did their own things. There were people crying sometimes, and there was no fee. When you left, you dropped what you honestly could contribute into the basket. And it was one of the largest studios in, in, in LA. Have you wow. heard of him? I know he's kind of a yoga guru now.
3: Um no, no, but I'm okay. not really good at remembering names. So I may have heard of them.
2: <laughs> Jen, I have a question. How do you feel so I'm all about like I'm like, "Oh, I want to do paddleboard yoga. Oh, I want to do goat yoga." Oh, goat yoga.
3: Yeah.
1: We were going to try goat yoga.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Jen is coming to the U.S., and I'm going to just say this right now. We're taking her to goat yoga, and you can give us your honest assessment because there's goat yoga here when you come and visit me. We'll take you to goat yoga, and we'll make a video. Let's
3: do it. I want to try goat yoga. I love goats. I mean, I live, you know, with animals running around, uh, so it would be funny to have them crawling around. They touch you? I think so. It's like pet therapy and
2: yoga in one.
1: Oh, well, Jen, definitely, since you haven't done it, then you will come here, you can experience it with us, we'll video it, and then you can give us like a little download and review of what you think.
3: Okay, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. The other thing is, too, I've I've developed like a five-minute yoga, 10-minute yoga, 15-minute yoga, 20-minute yoga, and I'd be really excited to share some of that with you, too, at some point. My practice is about trying to get to enlightenment. I, I would like to be an enlightened person. <laughs>
1: I mean, I am. No, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> I, know. I, th- I think that's everyone's
1: goal and we don't even know it. But I think honestly, we naturally gravitate towards that. And that's what we really, at the end of the day, we want to form a better relationship with ourselves because of that. We want to reach enlightenment. Jen Thompson, holistic body worker, certified yoga teacher for over 11 years. Thanks so much for joining us. And we're going to come back and wrap up, but check out the link for a video with Jen talking about more tools to help with your yoga practice. We'll be right back on WellSeekers.
0: Like this podcast? There's lots more where this came from. Find more shows at WellSeekers.com. Do you want advice to live life more well delivered to your inbox? You got it. Sign up for our Seekerhood newsletter at WellSeekers.com.
1: And we are back on Well Seekers. Just want to say thank you again to Jen Thompson. I also wanted to note that Jen is also a certified personal fitness trainer by North American Sports Medicine, which is one of the best. So
2: she knows her stuff.
1: She knows her stuff. She knows a lot. So thank you so much to Jen. And I really feel like we talked about it, but I learned a lot about what the purpose of yoga is. I think I went into this thinking... Oh, Jen's going to give us sort of a checklist of if you have this physical ailment, you should do this. And if you have this mental health condition, you should do this. And it wasn't that at all. I mean, she did do that and she did provide some great background on the different types of yoga. And it's useful if you want to use that for your yoga studio. But I just think the overall conversation of you can get so much more out of yoga than you even anticipated if you just use it the way it's supposed to be used, which is to tap into your mind, your body, and your spirit. And I also loved how she talked about going up to your teacher. I just so strongly recommend that because that's something in my own life. I feel like when you reach out and you make that connection with someone, the payback is so much larger that you could ever imagine rather than just sit in a class and be like, feeling anxious, feeling nervous, not knowing what to do. Just go to the teacher and be open and be honest. And, and there's a chance to form a real deep connection like Jen did that actually even took her down a different path in life, a path that led to Costa Rica, which is not a bad place to be. If you have any story ideas, questions, or comments, make sure to email us at hello at wellseekers.com. So we hope that you took away some simple and accessible tools you can apply to your own life and to your own yoga practice. And we are just so honored and grateful to have you listening and with us today and part of our Seekerhood. We'll talk to you next time here on WellSeekers.
0: Need a boost today? Check out more videos, blogs, and podcasts at wellseekers.com.